Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by... Oh, I, I, I had it, and I lost it. By the, now I'm laughing. By the Bob Sala to my... To, to my Bill Belichick, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, you know, it's my aspiration to become and earn the uh, Robert in my Bob Sala. You could be actually. I should have made you Sean McDermott. That was a, that was a, that was a disrespectful, and I apologize because our 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 Mike McDaniel slash Bob Sala is is not here today. Wait, wait, got, <laughs> who, who exited volu- the Mike Flores of this podcast because he's not here? Is uh, Eric Ronnebeck? I heard he got the job, and congratulations to him for that. Uh, <laughs> signed, Bill Belichick. <laughs> All right. Oops. Um, light, light Seahawks news week, but I got one from yesterday that I have to talk about with you, Kevin. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Bob Ken, Bob Condota tweeted, okay, in response to this, Russell Wilson at uh, some kind of uh, RW3 kids event said, I want to make sure that I go to a city that wants to win. I want to make sure that I go to I that I go to a team that wants to win and I want to go to a city that knows how to win. And all three of those th- threeings were checked off the box here in Denver. Um how 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 did you feel about that quote from uh from from Let's Ride Pony Boy? I'm going to uh, respond with that. I'm going to respond to that quote with another quote which is uh Bob Kendota's quote of okay I don't, I don't understand what, okay. So city that wants to win, obviously the, the, one of the, one of the greatest Pete Carroll Darn, qualities. I knew we were is, missing something. <laughs> let's, let's, let's break these down one at a time. We want to win. Okay. Bro, Pete Carroll, say what you want about him. He's never trying to lose, right? Even when he is he trying to win be. every game. He should be trying to tank this year. He's not going to tank. We are going to win seven games or eight games. And it's going to be annoying because we're like, why can't we just be bad? So we can guarantee that we get the quarterback we want. Right. Yep. So Pete, Pete's going to try to win. It is. It is what it is. We just have to deal with that. Okay. Uh, the the second thing he wants to go to a team that wa- wants to win. So is he saying? Is he is he like subtweeting his teammates here? Does he think? Wait, wait. Or is he saying that like Seattle doesn't care about a winning team? No, no. He that he covers that in the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, so a team that wants to win, though, that is just like ooh. I feel like that's like a like he's dissing DK or something. Like he's he's subtweeting someone here. Yeah, is that, is I'm that waiting Jamal for the Adams? DK. I took that personally. A uh, uh, text on the week up to the first game of the season, and then finally, I want to go to a city that knows how to win. Okay, well, this city crowns m- multiple champions year after year, and, and I'm I mean I know it is in the B level sports, but like the Storm are champions, the Sounders are champions, the Seahawks have been champions recently. I know the Mariners suck, <laughs> but but. But that's okay. I mean, it's not the city's fault that the Mariners are terrible. Like, I don't know. I Russell Wilson, the the Colorado Rockies also are are doo doo butter. Also, uh, I will point out, um, they may have won two more Super Bowls than us, but they've also lost four more Super Bowls than us. They're uh, <laughs> they've 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 been to eight and they won three, so they're three and five. We're one and two. So I'm not really sure on that one. I don't know. It's just I think it's like such a it's, he's just a, I don't know he's he like is the kind of guy who's she's trying to maintain his public image but he's not really saying you have to read between the lines constantly with Russell Wilson it's very annoying you know what Russ has um, to say to your uh to your being offended that's okay man that's okay nothing personal go it's nothing that. personal it's nothing personal dude it's just you know do what you do what you gotta do 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 what you do what you do what feels right to you 
uh, I'm, I'm so sick of Russell. Wilson. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because like, I mean, obviously I would rather he's the quarterback of my team. He's very good at football, but like, he's one of those guys where as soon as he's not on your team, you just see all the corniness and you see why everyone just dunks on him all the time. And it's, well, here's the thing. We moderately dunked on him, but it was like lovingly like you're a, it's a, this is the part of the movie where the like sidekick character actually turns out to be the betrayer character. And so all the things where you're like, you know, we love him in spite of him being, you know, this goofy guy. Now it's like, you know what? He's goofy and I hate him. So you're you're calling him the scrappy do of the NFL then? Yes, is that, is that... that's, that's quality. So... <laughs> uh, scrappy do also short and incapable of throwing over the middle. Oh, the and the NFL scrappy do Russell Wilson. All right, I think this he comparison would, he... actually works way better than it should. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna, I was gonna use a different comparison, but I'm so glad I went in the direction I did because, man, he is really as the NFL scrappy dude. I love it. Okay, uh, that's basically it. There, there, it's it's slow news time. There's like a lot of best shape of their life stories out there. Um, do you ever, Chris Carson? We've seen the neck injury now. Uh, everyone's seen the X-ray. He's not practicing. It's all doom and gloom. We've been saying since last offseason that we doubted he would play another game in the Seahawks uniform you we're sticking to that right there's nothing nothing has changed yeah for you I'm still hopeful that he has a wonderful post playing career because that looks like a gnarly injury and I I don't want to see him risk getting hurt again like he looked like that that kind of hardware in your neck looks like one bad hit from being paralyzed and I don't want to see that for him yeah okay all right so that's it that the We are going to roll right into division preview. So you guys might not think like, hey, it's 12 years till the 12 weeks till the preseason starts, but it's 12 weeks or no, 16 weeks, right? Man, I see I'm blowing it today. Blew the intro. It is a number of weeks until the preseason starts that requires us to start our previews. Don't know how to count. I'm just not. It's not going well for me. Uh, okay. Anyway, if the, you can't uh, tell it's two teachers doing a podcast at the end of the last week of school, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, school's over. School's over, baby. Uh, all right. So it's it's time though. It's time for AFC East preview, which is crazy. There's still probably some free agent dominoes to fall, which means our our predictions might shift a little bit. There's still some good players hanging out on free agency. Uh, more than I expected, actually. When I like went over the list, I was surprised to see the the overall quality of player available. Still, was not terrible. Like there's some veterans just sitting around doing nothing. Do you think the uh, the lack of preseason from COVID has made both teams and veterans more comfortable with the idea of like, hey, I can roll in, dust off the rust in three weeks, and be ready to go? Yeah, I think a lot of veterans don't want to do off season activities. I I'm 100 agree with this. It's like sure i will play for two million dollars like that's something that a player might say because but i'm not going to play for two million dollars and do otas in preseason games like yeah i'm not moving my family from the place that i'm going to end up being when i retire so i will run my end of my end of career contracts from like the second week of august until whenever we're out of the season exactly i can i can uh i can go ahead and work out from home until until you sign me in in august i think that's going to become more common yeah so either way we'll start off we'll go uh alphabetically uh, through the teams we'll set their records um i don't know did you do your playoff predictor kevin did you I pick did all the do games my initial playoff predictor with my with my picks okay i just i only picked i did a playoff predictor but only for the teams in this division so i don't know which ones will be making the playoffs or not yet but uh i i predict um, pretty confidently, you know, at least one team will make the playoffs. As do, always, do think, what, we'll do a separate predictions prediction show when we've gotten a chance what, to go over things more. Do you do you think that the 
this is a one playoff team division or two playoff team division? Do you think it's like a a one and a half, like a friend that one one in a fringy team? I have it as a two playoff team division, but it's really narrow. So I'd say it's one and a half. It just happened to land as two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there there's two teams in this uh, in this division that are fringy contenders. There's a there's a clear contender, and then there's a. a the Jets. So the, let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills went 11 and 6 last year. They added Von Miller, OJ Howard, Roger Saffold, and Daquan Jones. They lost Levi Wallace, Harrison Phillips, Jerry Hughes, and Mario Addison. In the draft, they brought in James Cook, Kair Elam, and punt god Matt Ari Araza. The Seahawks connection, Seahawks signed from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, le- Buffalo Bills legend, Marquise Goodwin. So, Kevin, how do you feel right now about the uh, the Buffalo Bills? No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So how do you feel about them? Uh, so Buffalo 11 and six last year, and I feel like they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. So I think we're going to end up with a pretty similar record um, in general when predicting. I don't like going over about 12 wins. So it's pretty high confidence when I say I have them going 12 and five. Mm-hmm. I do have them as the champion of the NFC East. The AFC East or AFC East, um, they could be the champions of the NFC East too. I mean, I, I think they would win either they, division. They they could. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC, NFC East not very good. Um, so I like the Eagles a lot, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think the Eagles and Cowboys are good, but we'll get there. Um, I I think Kyrie Elam is a really good pick for them. Uh, rookie cornerbacks will have their struggles, but he's a good fit for the defense and a really talented player. Uh, he ends up being a talent upgrade over Levi Wallace that they playing, need to take another step playing in a, in a secondary with white Hyde and Poyer too, is going to make it easier for yep. him. Uh, it's, it's definitely like two really good safeties. And then a, a corner, a very talented corner opposite him is it just makes your life. It just makes his life easier. It's, it's like, um, it's like the second corners that the Seahawks had, right? Like Browner and stuff. Those guys were never as good as they were playing across from Sherman and chancellor and, and uh, Thomas. Yeah. Right. So, and they have elite pass catching talent. When Jamison Crowder is like your number four receiver, that's that's good. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think James Cook is a really good addition as a pass catching running back. Uh, I know that you love Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke Johnson, dude. Zach Moss. This is a okay. This backfield is interesting because I I there's five guys here who I think are are de- at least decently talented. They're NFL level talents. Right. Taiwan Jones, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson, James Cook, Devin Singletary. The thing is, this team in the past has not used running backs at all. If you if they need five yards, you know what they do? They run with Josh Allen. If they need more than five yards, you know what they do? They throw. They they just don't run very much. So like while I think that they have five NFL talents at running back, I don't still know what's going to change for them that will make them start actually using the running back outside of Josh Allen getting hurt. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And then the other thing is they lost a lot of guys off the defensive line, but I really like who they added. Like Daquan right. Jones and Tim Settle are both like they absolutely just plug up the middle of a defense. And Von Miller should replace most of the sacks they lost. And then either a step forward from Epinesa or Boogie Basham should be able to to fill in a little bit of the, the sack gap. I, I think it's, it's a solid coming back. Yeah, Shaq Lawson is back. I This is a really solid roster. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a really good roster. It's actually decently deep. Like they're not going to get if they get it'd be hard to ravage this roster with injuries. Uh, except for maybe in the secondary. So that's like the one one spot where they really couldn't handle it. But everywhere else, they can handle an injury or two. Uh, 
I just don't see how they're much better than last year, unless you think Von Miller is going to get like 17 sacks or something. Like he just, just just go ham on defense. And I don't think that that's where he is in his career anymore. So while I do like this team a lot, I think they're very talented and very good. And and Josh Allen isn't going to get better than he is now. I think <laughs> you can, you can't get better than probably being the, be- the, the level he is, which is like the best Top like top well, three quarterback, top, top five three quarterback in the league, right? He's good. He's really good. But like, I I just can't see him being like the clear number one in the way that Mahomes was that season, or or Rogers has been the last couple of years, right? Like, I just don't see him being that kind of passer ever. And eventually, he is going to get tagged running, and it's gonna it's gonna mess their day right up. Although I think Keenum could step in and play acceptable football for this team. There's enough talent around him. Case Keenum's not a not a bum. He is. He is like in the Drew Lock of like quarterbacks who won't embarrass themselves on the field but have issues. Yeah, the so, the, the between twenty fifth and fortieth best quarterback. I I have met eleven and six again, and I I think they'll win the division. They're 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 good. This is a good football team. Uh, I I don't know if they're a, a a great football team. Like I I'm still going through all the teams, right? But I don't know. Once again, like kind of like last year, I just don't know if there's like a clear like, oh, this is the best team. Like it just seemed like last year there wasn't that ne- that team never emerged. And a lot of people seem ready to crown the bills as, oh, this is clearly the best team. And I'm not I'm not sure I'm there with with that. Um, one other thing. Uh, punt God, Matt Ariza. So this guy can punt really far, but he's not like an accuracy guy. So he can't like pin him deep or or do it. But he's basically perfect for Buffalo yep. because they go for it a lot. So he's only really needed to punt when he needs to punt 80 yards. And that he can do that. This is like the only guy that can do that. It's basically the perfect fit for them because that whenever they do punt, they'll be able to turn the field on a level that most other teams cannot because they don't have punt God and they won't need him to punt a whole bunch. (laughs) His punting average could be something absurd, like 66 yards or something, you know, like just a punt average. That's like five yards ahead of everyone else because he has the leg to do it with like, once again, no one else does, but he's not super, he's not going to, He's not going to cough and corner anyone. He's that's not that's not his game. No, he ain't, it ain't it. He's if you ask him to do that, you're gonna you're gonna get a touchback. He does so max volume. That's it. Yeah, which is fine. That's what this team needs. It's I I like I like the pick because I think it fits perfectly for what they're doing. Anyway, you were gonna say something in response to me saying that I'm not ready to crown Buffalo as the clear best team. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think there's um one other piece of that is I I've always been a fan of the team after the year you think they're gonna put it together. Like last mm-hmm. year was the year they were going to put it all together and they didn't quite get there. Kansas City won their Super Bowl the year after everyone was ready for them to have put it all together. I think so. I think there's something to be said for that. It's kind of like the pressure was there last year to be the team. And now everyone's going to be like, oh, well, now the Chargers are the team. Well, look out for Buffalo. Yeah. All right. Let's go next to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins went nine and eight last year, which surprised me. I was like, that's better than I remembered. Uh, they added Tyree Kill, Teron Armstead, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds. They lost Durham Smythe, Jacoby Brissett, Mac Hollins, and Philip Lindsay. In the draft, they brought in Channing Tindall, Eric Ezekanma, and Skylar Thompson. Seahawks connection, Seahawks backup center. Kyle Fuller spent some time on the Miami Dolphins. All right. Uh, Miami Dolphins number one, Kevin, or uh, or just this is another year of treading water for Tua and the boys. Uh, I think that Miami's going to be an improved team. Um, if for no other reason, then they actually took steps to make it so that their offensive line isn't just a giant question mark. Adding Tron Armstead and Connor Williams is a considerable positive value add. 
they went from like basically Robert Hunt and a bunch of question marks to Robert Hunt, two good players and like two question marks. You and really could really could see Austin Jackson like the physical talents are there, but the he just has not been able to put it together at all. And putting just rock like solid rocks all around him on the offensive line could allow him to really blossom. Yeah. Um, I, re- I really like I really like what they did too, Kevin. I agree. And then the other thing <laughs> is explain to me how you cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle simultaneously. That's gross. And Cedric, Cedric Wilson's, Wilson's good. Yeah, it's like it's a good, it's a really good receiving unit. I'm, I mean, even if someone gets hurt, like Trent Sherfield and Lynn Bowden are, they're not jokes. They can actually play football. Well, impressed so, Williams. Uh, we know he can run go, go routes and be yeah, Gase- a, a Gase- big receiver. Gasicki's basically a glorified wide receiver as yeah. well. So, yeah, I think their their pass catching weapons are really good. Um, they overspent at the running back position, but at least Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, and Raheem Mostert, along with Miles Gaskins, who actually still might be their best running back somehow. Um, they have I think a it's functional. Mo- I think it's Mostert until I think it's Mostert until his leg falls off. Okay, so two games, <laughs> got it. So so mo- most it's Mostert as the best, and then he gets hurt. And I I mean Mike McDaniel's going to run the San Francisco offense. We're we're. We're gonna see, which I think really plays to Tua's strengths. Yes. Like you see, you see this the ball point guard. You see this with Garoppolo. Like all you, he needs to do is be accurate and kind of move the ball around, and uh, he gets to hand the ball off a lot. That's what they're gonna do here, and they have the left tackle too. Tua's gonna have time to throw. Teron Armstead is the best pass blocking left tackle in the NFL. Um, yeah, I think you're you're right on about the offense. This is a talented offense, and if Tua can't succeed here, then they just yeah they can just throw all their draft resources at getting the quarterback next year. That's it's a it's a because there's no excuse with this with this with this current offense, right? Yeah, it's set up. This is this is the best offense a quarterback could possibly fall into, I think. And then you have Jalen Phillips in year two, who he was a solid pass rusher last year. If he takes a half step, because that's the big question on defense. They have good DBs. They've got solid linebackers. I think. Um, I think they've got a really solid linebacking core. So the question is, can Jalen Phillips and the other pieces put together enough of a pass rush to make it all work? Yeah, if, if Melvin Ingram has anything left in the tank, if he has like an eight sack season left in him, then it, it could it would help this team a lot because the, the linebackers are definitely the biggest question mark on this on this team. Uh, so. so I have them pushing for a playoff spot uh they have a bit of a harder schedule uh so they do i do have them improving from nine and eight but only to ten and seven which puts them in for me a giant mess of people competing for the last playoff seed yeah so i tend to agree i also have them at ten and seven uh, I think they're a fringe playoff team. They could easily outperform this rank. They have the talent. It's really up to Tua. Um, I am a member of Tua Non, so I was really tempted to uh, to put them at like twelve and five, and like really go for it and and go out on a limb and say this is going to be a great football team. But I don't Despite know your left handed quarterback theories. Yeah, but I am in Tua Non. That's so true. it's it, it it's it's just a it is what it is. I think he's very accurate. I do think he. I always thought he'd be kind of a late bloomer because he's. Reminded me a lot of Drew Brees when I was scouting him. Yeah, and I and Drew Brees was kind of a late bloomer. He needed to fall into the right situation with the right coaching staff, and, may, and maybe Tua never finds it right. But I uh, I like this team. Like you said, the pass rush is questionable on defense, but it is a really solid secondary. So they'll have time to get there. Like this is a this is a really good secondary in my opinion. So. Yeah. 
I'm uh, I'm at like I said, I'm at ten and seven. I'm at I have them as the last playoff team right now in my mind. Uh, we'll see if they we'll see if they actually make it or not. They'll be competing with the team we talk about next. I yes, think they will directly for that. Ooh, for that I last... have as the last playoff team. Right. I think that one of got. these one of these two teams is probably your 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 seven seed unless someone really uh, surprises or the AFC West uh, has has a bum team in it that they can all kind of beat up on. Yeah. So let's go to the. Uh, the Patriots, the New England Patriots added Devontae Parker, Jabril Peppers, Ty Montgomery, and led uh, the legendary player himself, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Uh, they lost J.C. Jackson, Ted Karras, Brandon Bolden, and Kyle Van Noy. In the draft, they drafted Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, and Bailey Zappi. Seahawks connection, Justin Coleman, of course, started his uh, career breakout as a New England Patriot. Uh, all right. Patriots, Kevin. Patriots. I'm, I'm going to start this one. Uh, so Patriots... Here's the thing. I look at this roster and it's very similar to last year. And last year I thought they wouldn't be that good. So I don't know. I don't know why I would change that much. It's just, it's hard for me to, to really talk myself into this team. I look at the roster. I see a lot of old guys. I see a lot of questionable draft picks for this year. Like Cole Strange is a really weird pick in the first round. Tyquan Thornton. I think what, here's what happened. Bill Belichick, in the playoff game last year against the Bills, they ran New England off the field by being so much more athletic than them. They it was just it, it was embarrassing how much more athletic they were than the Patriots. And so they went in and drafted a bunch of spark guys, right? Like these guys they drafted Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Tyquan Thornton, Cole Strange. These yeah, are all great athletic score. These are all athletic score guys. They went and got athletic score guys and were like, we'll coach them up. We we don't need the best football players. We need some Bailey athletes. Zappi, great athlete. <laughs> I love ba- I love Bailey Zappi. Uh, I think they they're totally doing a Jimmy G with Bailey Zappi, where they they drafted the best quarterback in this draft. He's gonna rip up a bunch of preseason games, and then they'll trade him for like a second or third rounder in a couple years to some team that wants to give him a shot. Yeah. That being that being said, I just I don't I don't uh, I don't. It's it's bad to pick against Belichick. He always punishes you when you do, but I just don't see how this this roster gets it's just not it's not a great roster to me. I, I don't love it. I don't love it. Kevin, do you is there am I missing something here? Is Josh Uche the the, the the truth? Is that what I'm missing? So I think Devontae Parker is a nice pickup in that he kind of lets the wide receiver course slot in better. Uh Jacoby Myers as there Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton kind of slotting into the two, three spot behind him is pretty good. But Devontae Parker as your number one receiver is better than what they had, but not like a great number one. You know, he's a guy that you'd want like another really good receiver along with. Uh, Cole Strange is a really good player, but a pretty big reach. And he has to slot in uh, where they lot, where they traded away Shaq Mason. So it, I'm not really seeing an upgrade there. I'm seeing a good replacement player there. Yeah, I'm with you where it's I feel like they overperformed last year, but good coaching can lead to overperforming. Like I like Marcus Jones a lot as a draft pick uh, as a returner and a slot corner. But then I don't know why you pick Jack Jones as an older guy who's like bad Marcus Jones. Pierre Strong is a good running back, but like, OK, you already have Ramondi Stevenson and Damian Harris. I don't. And James White. I'm not sure what you're adding. They had a, they dra- they used two draft picks on running backs. They got Kevin Harris too. I I think it 
it's a weird draft. I the more I looked at it, the more disenchanted I got with the with the Patriots and what they're doing. And they don't even have an offensive coordinator. And the rumors are that the offensive coordinator is going to be uh, the pencil Matt Patricia. Ooh, I I, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. That's a they went ten and seven last year. I could see them going ten and seven again because it's a very similar team. I could, but I feel like ten and seven is the most I think they can do. Mac Jones really fell off at the end of the year, so I put him at nine and eight. I think they'll be fair. solid but unspectacular. Unless Mac Jones is something that I think he is not, which is the guy who can make a huge step up from what he was last year. Yeah, because they were I think, fourth in DVOA last year. Like they were a legit good team. Their defense was was yeah, their defense was really solid. And then Mac Jones was super efficient for the first ten games of the season or whatever. He was just so efficient. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. It's you can't just, write him off, but I understand being skeptical. Yeah, I'm just very skeptical. I have him at nine and eight. Yep, that's uh, I think I think whoever can come through with like ten or eleven wins between the Dolphins and the Patriots is probably your your last playoff team or right in the mix for that last playoff spot. All right, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. They added sucks, Lake and Tomlinson. Sucks. sucks. That was for you. They added Lake and Tomlinson, DJ Reed, CJ Uzama, and Tyler Conklin. They lost fully fought to cut. Fatu Kasi, Morgan Moses, Jamison Crowder, and Greg Van Roten drafting Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson, and Sauce Gardner. Now, Kevin, before the podcast started, we talked about this. Uh, you said the Jets had a wonderful draft. They had such a good draft. And I said, it's hard to not have a wonderful draft when you have so many first round draft picks. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They th- this, this team drives me up the wall because I looked at, I look at a team that just feels like it just feels like their their roster has them on the verge uh and the more i look at it the more i'm like ugh, like this is just not every it's kind of reminds me of houston last year houston uh houston uh did not not a great job uh houston like was not a good football team but they added players like they were veterans and like like they were a playoff team they were acting like a playoff team so i don't know that's that's kind of where i stand with the jets all right so now that i've uh, ranted a little bit kevin what do you think about the jets yeah i think you bring up a valid point they're kind of adding players when they need to be adding like a, a higher quality talent like you're adding like just another guy is cj uzoma and tyler conklin gonna super move the needle in the passing game like lake tomlinson's good but is he the kind of guy who remodels the interior of your line like is sauce gardner really gonna be a number one like one of the top 10 best cornerbacks in the league as a rookie is garrett wilson gonna be a top 10 wide receiver as a rookie like that's the kind of production they need from those guys as rookies if they're going to make the leap Right. And I, I just don't see it. I think they kept themselves a year away for whatever reason. I don't know if it's Bob Sala has confidence. He has two more years or do you think that's it? Do you think Bob Sala knows like next year can be the year still and he's fine with spending one more year kind of developing talent? Yeah, I just don't see a playoff push coming from this. I agree. It's five and twelve. Picking five, and 12. Five, again. five and twelve is what I put, too. 
draft. Yeah, I, I like I like the players they drafted. I think they added talent. I think they're just in the middle of such a long rebuild that you're not going to see these overnight successes. I don't even think this is an indictment on the GM or on Bob Sala. I think it's more of an indictment on how down the roster got. Yeah, uh, I love they have a lot of good young talent. This is a team that could definitely turn it around uh, in a hurry. But it's like the Browns rebuild. Like it's a it's a rebuild it from the sub basement. <laughs> yeah, they had to go down to the the straight up the studs. Like they were they were down to nothing, uh, and then they did make big signings at the beginning. But those guys are not like C.J. Mosley. Like they're spending a lot of money on C.J. Mosley, and he's just he sure tackles a lot. He's a guy. He's a guy. That <laughs> play, he's a guy that plays football. Like or like Quinton Williams needed to be a star, and Quinton Williams is just good. Like he's very talented. But yeah. he's he's basically interior offensive line Genevieve and Clowney at this point. Yeah, their defensive line rotation is actually pretty solid. The Carl Lawson, Quinn and Williams, Solomon Thomas, Sheldon Rankins, Vinnie Curry thing. They, they, they got like a John Franklin Myers. This is like a I like those those interior guys. This is a team that's running a four three. They are they are running the old Seahawks offense, though. Yep. They got Jermaine Johnson. They got Jacob Martin to play Leo. They've got uh, Michael Clemens. They drafted. Johnson and Clemens were two guys that were very clear, like Seahawks four three guys yep. in my mind, and they drafted both of them. They were like, okay, they're doing they're doing what we used to do. Yeah, remember Sauce Clemens was the guy we were all worried they were gonna that we were gonna end up overdrafting like the second or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sauce Gardner is gonna be there, Sherman. I think this team's a year away still. It's it's definitely a much improved roster, but it's so young, and you have to have faith in Zach Wilson. I guess the the uh, the bigger problem for me is I don't I'm a Zach Wilson like opposite of truther like i'm in two anon um what's the opposite of that for zach wilson like that's 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 what i'm in for zach wilson he's he is not very good i i don't i don't like him at all do you is do you, i know you were like a moderate fan like you were like i thought okay i thought he was him. like 2a 2b in that draft for quarterbacks um which i will stand by the fact i had him basically uh, i had him slightly below uh josh fields i still have him slightly below josh fields but if you put Josh Fields in this situation, I would right. have this team more like seven wins. Justin, just Justin Fields, or right? Justin Fields. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, so if we were redrafting these quarterbacks, so there's five: Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Jones. You'd still have Wilson as three for you. Yes. I think I'd have him fifth now. I I think I, you can make. I a, have no belief in Lance. I need to see something to believe it. Yeah, that's fine. I can I can dig that. Lance, I Lance could, is actually I might have Wilson behind uh, Dad Bob Jones. Excuse me. Yeah, I was gonna, no longer. Yeah, I was going to say. Jones. I say. I say. You could Mac Mac Jones. You might move him up to one or two. I mean, he at least that showed Chad that Bob he Jones. Can, Mac Jones showed that he can be the uh, an NFL quarterback for a playoff team, which is something I have not seen from any of those other four guys yet. Uh, Lawrence still has the the otherworldly ceiling, so I'd probably go him first, then Jones second, and then it's like Lance Fields Wilson for me. Uh, I I think Lance Fields and Wilson are all still. Um, traitsy guys, and I just like the traits the worst out of Wilson because, like, I Wilson Fair. showed me nothing last year that makes me think he's going to be like a star. And Fields was a mess, admittedly, in a horrible situation that did not get any better. Let's, let's make that clear, too. Uh, it, it was it's a horrible situation that now is somehow worse. Uh, not great. Uh, Davis Mills, actually, I think you could move him up to third. The neck, I think, I think that's actually super reasonable. Did they respect the neck? Uh, he's, he's, uh, very okay at football. 
feel like their offensive line choices need to be protect the neck, but that's fine. <laughs> he's he's very he's very um can play in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. That, that's he, my that's my review is, of Davis. He's somewhere north of JP Lossman, exactly. Um <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> so let's let's wrap up the the AFC East uh, with with this, uh, Kevin. So we both have Bills as the division champ. Yep, clearly. And um, Dolphins as Patriots, you would say fringe contenders. Yep. And then uh, Jets are Jets are playing for the num are have a chance to get another number one pick. Yeah, I think I think they're uh, contenders for a top five pick. Absolutely. <sighs> that is r- that's rough for Jets fans, man. This is when when was the last time the Jets were good? Like when was that Bart Scott? Uh, anybody can be beat, right? Uh, we're talking like feels... Bud Fumble 2013, 2012. Yeah, that that that's that's only like ten years ago, but it just seems like a lifetime ago. Because okay, in the so NFL, the NFL a rebuild doesn't take that long. So in 2010, they lost in the conference finals. So that was 11 years ago. Since then, they've got they have not made the playoffs. Their best record was 10 and six with Todd Bowles missing the playoffs. Ouch. That hurts me just to uh, just to th- hear it. That's not that's not fun for me at all. Uh, and then uh, that was that Chris Ivory year where Chris Ivory was really good. And then uh, they've gone five since then five and eleven, five and eleven, four and twelve, seven and nine, two and fourteen, four and thirteen. So for so for comparison's sake, or just to just to paint a mental image, if two passionate Jets fans conceive their first child in celebration of the Jets clinching their last playoff berth. That child would now be in middle school. Yeah, that's rough. That's brutal. <laughs> that's absolutely brutal. Dang. And, the, I, and they have not sta- had I'm a. I'm going to start measuring all playoff droughts that way. Not not only that, but they have not had a win- winning season since 2015. Passionate like, Mariners fans, kids can drink. They have one. They have one winning season in the last 12 years. That's brutal. That's just brutal. What do you think? Okay, how about this? They. Another thing, they have not had a te- top 10 points offense since 2008. Yep. They have not they have not had a top Glad 10 signed their had, OC. They have <laughs> one they have one top 10 defense since 2010 and it was ninth. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is bad. It's a poorly this run is... franchise like it has been. I I oh. again, I do feel like they put a couple people in place that are good people to start getting positive results. I actually believe in this current um regime yeah the current front office head coaching uh uh groupings but uh they got a lot to go oh two seahawks came from the jets dakota shepley and nick belor i don't think i said that but i did now so also bob sala oh yeah bob sala yeah seahawks legend all right there are many ways to support the seahawks nest podcast the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash seahawks nest for as little as one dollar and 24 cents a month you can well the gambling podcasts are coming now they are they are in the works. Uh, it's about it's about that time to start them back up. Uh, I don't know if I'll do characters every every week anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big ask. Depends on the uh, stress level of whatever you're doing next fall. <laughs> right, exactly. If if I if I am a if I have a new job and it's hard, then then a, then yes, I will not be doing. I'll be I'll be busting it out as uh, as as allowed. But if it's uh, if it's easy, then yeah. The Schwam will return. Nathan and I might alternate Schwams. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Dueling Pass Schwams. Pass the turban. Uh, okay, so thanks to those who support the show. Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktimus, Greta, James, Joe, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone else. Uh, we'll see you in the Discord. Having a great time. So, all right, it's time. 
Uh, it's a shorter uh, on the shorter end of episodes because I had a I had a um, Father's Day thing before the podcast. Kevin has a Father's Day thing after the podcast, but we wanted to do a fave five fave five movie dads. So the greatest movie dads of all time. Uh, Kevin, start us off. What's your what's your um what's your movie dad? Okay, so this is one where I feel like I have to put it in here, otherwise it's not going to get in because I'll make arguments for my other ones. But uh, I, I actually was gonna I actually was gonna put this one in for you. I think I think I I think I know what you're gonna say, and I was gonna do it for you as mine as like a ultimate show of solidarity to my fellow dad. Do you want to do yours first? Uh, well, can I just try to guess yours, and you can just do it anyway? Because you, you'll probably have more fun talking to it. The dad from Train to Busan. Uh, no, actually. Oh my gosh, what got me? Uh, no, uh, I actually am going with a uh, I'm going with a different travel disaster based movie. <laughs> And that is okay, okay. Um, a dad in very difficult circumstances, Cameron Poe from Con Air. Okay. All right. Yeah. You never would have got this. From me. <laughs> yeah. This would never have gotten you know, it for uh, you. The dude, so You're the dude good. went in, uh, he went into jail for protecting his wife. Um, he kept communications and the most healthy relationship that he could with his daughter, despite those circumstances. And uh, he even bought her a birthday present and delivered it despite everything going on. Yeah. He was a very dedicated right. father. Um, all right. So here's what I, here's what I like about the train to Busan dad. Okay. Uh, I think his name is Sukwu, right? Uh, anyway, he's a crappy dad at the beginning. He sure is. Uh, he's, he's like a workaholic. He doesn't give his daughter attention. Um, he, I love the part where birth- he, buy, he buys her the same birthday present. Yeah. And she looks surprised cause he thought she wouldn't get, uh, He's like, what? You thought I wouldn't get you a present? And it's like, I already have a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> you already got me. But throughout the movie, you know, he he like there's a there's an arc. You know, he becomes the the father that he couldn't be. Um, he's very courageous in defending his children. I like great character arcs. I like growth. Um, you'll see that in my other suggestions. Uh, so that's why I like um, saying dad from train to busan yeah that's why i might pick in would you you like this one kevin i think that's a good one yeah uh, the the arc definitely does make him a quality character i i didn't want to do it because of who he is at the beginning but the way that you paint that picture i think is uh i think that's a really good way of thinking about it so i want to i want to give you another character arc dad for our second for our first co-dad you ready for this one Mm mm-hmm Marlin from Finding Nemo uh, starts off just overprotective, overbearing, mildly annoying. Uh, and by the end, but finds himself in his journey, in this brave journey to rescue his son from uh, from the dentist. Uh, I I think it and then in doing so also learns that you have to let go a little bit to uh, to really be a great parent. I'm I'm Marlin from Finding Nemo. What do you think? I think that's you a like good that pick. I like that one. Um, All right. I would definitely give strong consideration to that one. So uh, let me talk about two other animated dads while we're okay. uh, kind of debating over these because one of them is uh, Tatsuo from My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. He's a really uh, fun and supportive dad. He's got uh, two daughters he clearly cares a lot about. And um, just... I feel like uh, Studio Ghibli either has absent parents or great parents, and this is a great parent. Uh, yeah. The other animated dad is Gru from Despicable Me. Okay. I feel like the later I... movies diminish that, but the first movie, the way that he kind of grows into being a dad, I felt was uh, was very well done. 
since we're talking animated dads, I have another one that I wrote down that that I thought had no chance. So I'll just bring it up though. Rick Mitchell from Mitchell's versus the Machines. Ooh, that's a fun I one. I thought was a was a great portrayal. Also has like a character arc where he he's overbearing at the beginning, but realizes that like he needs to like just trust and support his daughter, even if she's not exactly like the way that he wants to be her to be. I think I think Marlon is more iconic. That's why I think I uh I wanted to uh to put him in. I'm okay but, with taking Marlon out of these animated dads, but I feel like mentioning them all is good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what? So now we got three. Yep. What's what's what are you thinking for for the next one? Okay. So another one from a movie I know that you're a big fan of, a movie that you actually suggested to me and I quite enjoyed. Uh, also, you know, supporting the Patreon, Dill Pendergast from Easy A. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Easy uh, A. Easy A is such a good movie. It is, and he's he's a good dad man. Like he's always cooking and then offering advice. He, he's kind of uh, it's the sage like dad, uh, a modern day Atticus Finch, if you will. Yeah, the it's uh it's what uh who's the actor? It's Tucci. De- Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah, that I think that's like the supporting, best part. Supporting the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, and he steals every scene he's in. In that he's movie, so good. he's so good. He's so good. I just want Stanley Tucci in the Fay Five, so I'm into that. Yep um unless we could put it we could put it in for now and if it gets bumped by something uh what about okay let's let's go over some iconic dads that uh that maybe mrs doubtfire uh that's on my list of consideration okay very iconic dad performance i don't know it's a little bit uh there's some scenes in that movie that are so funny but it's a little bit it's a super creepy dad yeah <laughs> it's a little bit creepy in a way that uh, that i'm not sure about um oh the dad in juno like we talked about juno with the mother's day one yep uh the dad in juno is is great how about Um, gomez adams from the adams family how about h.i mcdonough from from raising arizona uh not a good dad (laughs) come on he's the he's great dude a great character not a good dad how about duke leto atreides from dune okay i got one that's way off grid that i think you will love that's gonna get in you ready for this okay uh, Liam Neeson and Taken. <laughs> Here's the Bro. thing, though. He scares the crap out of his daughter for like the first 10 minutes and then ends up being right. This is the daddest movie, too. Like, how how dad is it to just like and every dad, you know, probably like has like this. You know, there's so many dads out there with like a secret fantasy, like, oh, just murder someone who wronged my daughter. <laughs> but this guy's not murdering someone. He's murdering like 11 someone he's murdering many someone's there are there are many there are many murders in this movie um okay so i i kind of want to support that just because then we have both con air and taken on the list so we have two of the daddest movies in the dad movie list so not only are they movie dads but they're also dad movies and i appreciate that i like i like the idea of uh, gomez adams as well i think he's a great movie and a great performance in both uh adam's family and adam's family values Mm -hmm. those are so good uh i'm just trying to think is there anything else that i could think of that's like like really good um the dad and parasite no Uh, no it's not good not a great dad uh not a great dad well or uh will smith and oh i got one happiness but the dad from the dad from american pie that's a great dad, and also, also just honoring a a, a, fan, a fantastic actor, an actor that should be in the 
comedy actors pantheon eugene levy i agree eugene like, levy's great but i feel like eugene levy's character and dill pendergast from easy a stanley tucci's character very same does he do they even name him in the first movie or is he just jim's dad i think he's just jim's dad in the he first might movie. just be jim's dad i want to go go with adams because that also puts raul julie on the list and raul julie is Can't, amazing i would feel very sad about bumping uh the dad from taken but i think that can live with it okay we'll all go right with so Gomez Adams, uh, Dill Pendergast from EZA, uh, Marlon from Finding Nemo, uh, the dad from Con- the guy from Con- Nicholas Cage from Con Air. I don't know what do you want. To Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe from uh, from Con Air, and then uh, the dad from Train to Busan. All right, tell us your favorite movie dads in the Discord. I want to hear all your favorite movie dads uh, because that's uh, that's that's what I like. All right, for Kevin, for uh, the Ghost of Eric Ronick, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, go Hawks.